This is your host, Dylan Schaub on 88.9 The Bridge, and welcome back to Breakfast on the Bridge, Thursday edition. Today, I have the honor to sit down with one of Seattle's most accomplished and recognized sports writers. He's been a columnist for the Seattle Times since 2013, a three-time winner of the Washington Sports Writer of the Year Award, and now as the calendar pushes into the fall, he will be retiring, leaving a big hole and a column at the Times. The writer I speak of is none other than Larry Stone. Larry, as national baseball writer for the Seattle Times, you have written about the two sides of the Mariners, from their disappointing losing seasons, as you know, to the now infamous electrifying Cal Raleigh drought-killing swing. I'm ecstatic today to pick your brain on what your experience has taught you over the years and what you can share with me. And after 27 years keeping Seattle sports fans glued to the paper, you said, I still love the job, I'm not burned out, but maybe I'm a little worn out. And I think a lot of people relate to that, whether they're a sports writer or not. <laughs> How does it feel to be at this point in your career? Well, it's kind of surreal to think uh, that the end is near. On last Sunday, I walked out of uh, T-Mobile Park for the for the final time uh, as a working sports writer. You know, I that was my last game after th- thousands, probably uh, over over the last twenty seven years at the Seattle Times, and then. 10 years before that in San Francisco. So I've been covering baseball for almost 40 years. So to think that I'm not going back is, is, is kind of, it's bittersweet. It kind of hit me when I was walking out at the stadium on Sunday, Uh, I I kind of got emotional. I was going to say the same thing, bittersweet. I mean, you've seen so many changes uh, through the Mariners. You've covered the Seahawks. Of course, you're telling me uh, you're going to write on your column about uh, the Monday night game. So the Seahawks got off to a good start three and one. So that's kind of, on the uprise as the Mariners kind of burn out and flame out uh, last week didn't go as planned. But um, I just say in all, all of the Mariners years um, looking into your career, one of the most fascinating parts that I actually saw was uh, actually off the column, co-authoring an autobiography on Edgar Martinez. And I don't need to tell you, but Edgar was such a stellar player, you know, seeing glory in his days in 95 and 2001, and definitely his arduous road to the big leagues coming from a tough young environment. Uh, can you tell me what it was like to work with Edgar and yeah. to create this kind of work? Because it's so fascinating um, that, you know, you sit down with so many interviews uh, with Edgar and you kind of create this whole entertainment and work about not only Edgar, but also it's written by you. So kind of just blending two, yeah. two great voices, <laughs> like the guy himself and then also you who can tell a story great. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, it was a, it was one of the greatest experiences of my career to collaborate with him on his autobiography. Uh, he was the hitting coach the year that we worked on it uh, for the Mariners. So when the team was home, I would go out to his house and sit in his living room for maybe an hour, hour and a half at a time and just uh, interview him on his life, uh, sort of systematically go through his life, early years and the career. And then when it was done, I put it together, uh, spent a several weeks writing it and and then you know we going over with him of course and uh at the end we had a book and you know you edgar is exactly what people fans think he's humble he's kind uh just a just a a genuine person so to to be able to do his book was great and then i i got to uh the day that he made the hall of fame uh i was in his hotel suite in new york i was the only reporter there really the only one outside the family pretty much other than a Mariner representative. So to be in the room with his family when he got the call for the Hall of Fame uh, was just probably... Super the, emotional, Yeah, right? that was probably, the, the, when I look back 
that's one of the things, definitely top five moments wow. was just to see that. And you, you kind of create a, a bond with these players after a while. Uh, would you say that like Edmer, Edgar Martinez is one of your favorite players uh, that you've ever worked with at the Mariners? Or is there someone else in, in recent times that you've been, wow, this guy's really <laughs> an awesome player. I love writing about him. I love, even if you don't interview him, but. Yeah, well, I interview them all, but because uh, <laughs> it's just part of the job. But yeah, uh, yeah, Edgar's probably near the top. I mean, as far as just uh, talents, you know, Julio Rodriguez is is up there with anybody. I came to Seattle in 1996 when they had Griffey, Edgar, Randy Johnson, Alex, awesome. Alex Rodriguez, Jay Buhner. So, uh, you know, over the years, that kind of segued into the Ichiro years. Uh, Felix Hernandez. So there's been a lot of superstar talent. That's that's been uh, something that, that hasn't been lacking here. Even though the wins have and the championships yeah, have lacked, for sure. but the star power hasn't lacked. So that for for a writer, that's great. And would you say that like as a sports writer, it's e- it's awesome to ride those flames of kind of the star players. But when things get tough on on seasons and and wins aren't coming, how are you trying to like? keep the hype with your readers about a team when uh, obviously they can see, you know, there's these great players making things happen on the field. Like they have a great catch, you know, a gold gloves type stuff, but the seasons aren't in fact working with uh postseason and all the drought that happened with the Mariners throughout the time. Uh, how do you kind of, as a sports writer, kind of tell that, that story uh, while keeping people's hearts um, kind of hoping for more? <laughs> With the star players, yeah. yeah. Well, honestly, uh, when the when things aren't going well, there's 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 more interest, there's more <laughs> passion. Like right now, uh, the, the this past week with the Mariners missing the playoffs and uh, Cal Raleigh saying that they needed to go get better players, and then Jer- uh, Jerry Depoto kind of stumbling in his postseason press conference on on Tuesday. Uh, the column I wrote on Tuesday was one of the most read of the year. So uh, when things are going bad, people want to vent. They want to hear how things are going to change. So, uh, you know, my job is not to root for the team to win or anything. My my job is to write about what's happening. And you gotta, you've got to distance yourself from emotional involvement in the success of the team because that's not your job. You're not a, you're not a rooter. You're not a booster. You're a chronicler of what's happening, and you've got to be realistic, and you've got to be tough, and uh, you know that's that's just the nature of the job. That is awesome. Um, your colleague Ryan Devish, who who wrote uh, an article about sort of your whole career and everything that I was I I just was enthralled, kind of uh, reading about, said that you have such a unique abilities, you know, relating to players and and uh, relating to players or people that are of a different age than you and sort of um, relating to athletes and coaches of, of any sport too. Uh, how would you advise someone like a sports journalist or not to relate to such a diverse set of people in their daily lives? Well, I guess just be curious, be genuine. Uh, and most of all, be fair. You know, you could be critical without being mean spirited and, you know, you're going to have to be critical in, in, in the media because, not everything goes well. People make mistakes. People misspeak, misplay, and you can point that out. But just like do it in a in a in a fair and even-handed way. That's what I've always tried to do, and I think yeah. it's paid off. You know, there's some people who are uh, flamethrowers in the columnist business. Yeah. You know, they fire him and rip him, and you know, 
there's a way to do that without without burning your bridges, and that's what I've tried to do, and I think that's helped me relate to, to, to people. Yeah, I think that the humanizing before you analyze and sort of um, – there was a, a, a post-game report on the, on the Jets game, the last Jets game uh, against the Chiefs, and Chris Jones was on the air with – I forget the reporter, but the reporter was basically kind of saying – like trashing Zach Wilson about his performance and Chris Jones didn't really buy into it, you know, saying he has lots of talent, you know, he's in the NFL for a reason, just let him settle in. But the reporter, uh, whoever it was for ESPN was kind of saying like, no, he has no talent. Mm -hmm. He's, he's washed up. Like he can, he can't do anything anymore in the NFL. And, you know, I feel like as a reporter, it kind of diminishes your credibility if you, as a human, aren't treating these people with the respect that they deserve. You can be critical all you want, but um, if you don't give them the respect up front before you analyze and kind of get into uh, the the strikes and gutters of their career, the ups and downs, um, then people aren't going to respect you as a writer. Uh, would you agree with that? For the most part, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if this guy was a former player that you're referring to who was doing the an- analyzing, but... Um... You know, if you have the expertise, and it, 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 sometimes your job is to say what you believe. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I I didn't hear, I wasn't watching that part of it. But uh, for the most part, yeah, you, you you wouldn't say that this guy stinks. You'd say that his performance wasn't, you know, up to standard. So, uh, you know, there is a way there is a way to do it. But different mediums have different, uh, uh, you know. In in the television world, being blunt and like that is probably uh, desired in a way. Yeah, sometimes it sells, but yeah. sometimes right other viewers are not going to look up to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Got it. Um, basically, I have I have kind of a thinner question uh, to kind of close out things. I know you're a busy guy, uh, but just throwing it out there: favorite sports moment you've ever written about? Uh, well, the the one I mentioned before with Edgar getting into the Hall of Fame and and being there when the phone call came is, is right up there. But, uh, the Cal's home run, Cal Raleigh's home run, yeah. you know, will, will won't be one that I remember forever. But, uh, I was there a few moments in baseball history when Kirk Gibson and in, in the world series in, um, boy, the, the years escaping me 88. Um, when, when Kirk Gibson hit the walk-off home run, you know, one of the greatest moments in baseball history, he'd been hurt, limped to the plate, off Dennis Eckersley of, of the A's and and won a game, pretty much won the World Series. So the, the Dodgers ended up winning pretty in five games. Uh, I was there. That was my first World Series game. Uh, wow! <laughs> so that was one. And then Joe Carter uh, in in '93, uh, a walk off World Series home run for the Toronto Blue Jays against the Phillies. So it was um, a theme for you. Kinda. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, those were the, two of my first. My early Your years of charm, kind of, like yeah. So, but just to be there for both those moments, and then the final one is the uh, I was there when the Seahawks won the Super Bowl in mm. New Jersey. But then the next year, uh, when they lost on Russ's interception yeah. in the final minutes, uh, the single most shocking moment I've ever witnessed in person <laughs> in my career. They had that thing won. They were at the one yard line. Give it to Marshawn. Instead, they throw the pass, intercepted. They lose the Super Bowl. Game's over. So you're on, you're on the run team. You're on the run the ball team for sure. I, I think so. But just as a sports okay. writer, I had, you know, I was on deadline and and my, a whole story, you know, written about the, you know, 
And then that just and then happened. Blows and, it up, yeah, right? yeah. Okay. And it, it, no one saw that coming at all. So had to scramble to write a new column from scratch <laughs> in like about twenty minutes. But uh, which is. The challenge. How often, how often does that happen? Do you got to scrap things and kind of restart? It, it or happens. Something, it happens something a lot. Comes in? It happens a lot. That's uh, you know, in a baseball game, a two-run homer in the bottom of the ninth to turn a loss into a win. Yeah, know, and then changes, it changes it, kind of changes, the theme. And yeah, a lot of times I saying. I have time to 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 adjust. It's the uh, Ryan Divish you mentioned earlier, who the beat writer. He's got to file a story when the game ends. So you know, there's about <laughs> fifteen times a year where he's just you know, scrambling big time. But yeah, yeah, I don't think sometimes readers of the paper may not realize what went into a story. <laughs> the, uh, the, the almost superhuman effort it took to, to wow. get the story in a deadline when the, when the, uh, you know, the, 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 the story of the game changed, changes so dramatically in the last inning and you don't have any time basically to fix it, but you've got to fix it anyway. Yeah. That's a skill in and of itself. Are you amped when those moments happen that kind of change things and you're like, oh, I want to I want to get to the paper oh, to write about this? Or... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, once once you conquer deadline early in your career and you realize that you you can do it. Uh, I sort of thrive on that. I enjoy the challenge of writing a coherent story in a short amount of time. That is awesome. Um, talking about, you know, kind of viral stories. Uh, we're going to get into our next song before we take a break and get back to our normal uh, segment, Taylor Swift, our song. But I just want to thank you, Larry, for coming for coming into the station. You know, it means a lot. You and Max Tanzer interviewed you a few years ago. Hope you liked 88.9 The Bridge again. Uh, I know you're a tight schedule guy. Got to get back to writing. <laughs> you got, just to remind the, review, the viewers, he's got the month of October here at the Seattle Times. Not here at 88.9 The Bridge. I wish, though. <laughs> you're a great guy on the mic, by the way. And... You know, just thank you for coming on. I appreciate this talk. And as a aspiring broadcaster journalist myself, it's been great to kind of pick your brain on all the years and experience that you've had creating works, uh, writing, inter- interviewing athletes, kind of relating, and all the knowledge you pass on to me. So thank you so much, Larry. Thanks, Dylan. I, you guys got a great setup here. Uh, always enjoy coming down here. And I talking appreciate to you. it so much. All right. Here is our song by Taylor Swift.